Hi there and welcome to the 29th row of the 30 days of 30 minute workouts. We're almost there and today is a good old low intensity fitness boosting technique refining row. And you can do it run about that 5 out of 10 or 2k plus 20 pace. So it really does keep that intensity down. However, I am going to give you the option that on every one minute point, if you want to do some power strokes, then please do. Because it's going to make it a bit more interesting. But also, by just looking one minute ahead, it's going to make this 30 minutes go really quick. Okay? Now, even though it's still a low intensity workout today, we're still going to do our four minute warm up. So we have to set up our machine first. So head straight to the front to the drag factor and set it to where you want it to be. If you don't know where you want it to be, then please set the lever between like four and five. Because too low isn't the problem. Too high on a clean machine is a problem. Okay, that's when you start to have to really tug against it to get it moving. So just set it there for the time being and then watch the video I have here on the channel about drag factor and why, where, what. Okay, if you're on a non-concept two, then please just set the resistance so you get a nice feel from the stroke, but you don't have to tug against the stroke. Okay, next up, please go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, if you're able to adjust your foot stretchers, please set them to a point where you're able to get to the front of the machine with your shins in a nice vertical position. If you're set too high, it can get a bit tough to get there. If you're set too low, you can go scooting straight past. The straps might cut into your toes. Your backside pops away from you. And there's a tiny little potential of injury to your lower back because of that hyperextension. Right, so we're going to do this. Four minutes, uh, run about 20 strokes a minute. And we're going to start off with enough power from your feet to just connect to your hands. Okay, so not too much power. Basically the same as if you were just standing up from a squat with no weights, right? Just gonna work on timing for the first minute. Here we go then. In three, two, one, let's go. Right, here we go then. So just enough of a push that you feel enough power coming through your body so that your hands connect to the machine. And that means that point when the handle makes whatever your machine goes, go. So in my case, that's a flywheel. The chain connects to the sprocket. The flywheel starts to spin and that's the connection point. So I want to push with my feet at the same time I feel my hands pick up that tension. And that's how you get power into the machine. Couple it with straight arms and a forwards tilt towards the front of the machine as you push your legs into the foot plates or your feet into the foot plates and the power will surge in. Okay, so this is how you really think about pace is that push from the feet, from the legs, not a pull with the arms. As you can increase that pace a bit now, just push a little bit harder. You want the intensity to be so that your heart rate climbs a little bit your breathing rate rises. You know you're putting in some work, but you can still hold a conversation. You don't feel overly tested. You feel you could do this for quite a while. And it is just the same intensity as if you are walking up a constant flight of stairs. So you know what it's like. You get a couple of flights up, you start to breathe quite hard. That's what this intensity and the main intensity of today's row should feel like. All right, two more strokes. One more. And let's put one foot on the ground, unstrap. There we go. Continue rowing with just one foot. 
strapped in. And this really does help with that flexibility into the front, rolling far enough for that shin to get into a vertical position, but no more. And it will also help with that tilt forwards over your hips and then backwards over your hips into that lean back. Let's swap feet. Ah, there you go. And remember that tilt, you only want to be one o'clock on the clock face as you come forwards and 11 o'clock as you come backwards. Any more than that, you're risking power leaks and potential injury. So, and that's why I talk about technique all the time is power and injury prevention. Last one here, put both feet back in. Oh, well, yes, I am rowing. I'm almost done for the warm up, so shush. Legs back in, um, straight. Sorry, I was talking to my watch. Keep your legs straight and row with your back and arms. We'll extend the cool down a little bit just because of that. Or warm up, oh my good grief. See what it takes to throw my brain. The watch goes beep and suddenly everything falls apart. <laughs> so just swing over your hips and then pull in your arms, then put out your arms and rock forwards over your hips again. So swing, then pull, push arms, rock forwards. One more here, and then we'll roll to the front of the machine. Arms straight, forwards tilt, and push out from the front. Try to hold this forwards tilt and arms straight the whole time, okay? If you can just try and set this position and not move, it's much easier to get used to it. So don't push too hard. If you push too hard with your legs, you'll end up recoiling. And right now I just want you to get used to driving. Okay, so I'm in this position until there. Okay, right, I'm just gonna do two more of these. One more, and there we go. Sorry about the hiccup when I got thrown by my watch. This is why I normally have it set to mute so those beeps and things don't get at me. <laughs> anyway, right. So I'm gonna continue doing what I've been doing this whole 30 uh, rows series. I'm gonna replay the, the video that I made back in 2021. So I will see you in 30 minutes time for the cool down and some stretching. So we're doing this at 18 strokes a minute, 2K plus 20 to 22 pace. And at every minute marker, if you wanna do one or two, maybe three power strokes, it's up to you. I'm not gonna call them out all the time because, well, that could get dull. Um, and frankly, that's not what this row is about. I'm just giving you that option just to try and break it up a little bit, all right? So here we go then. In three, two, one, let's go. After all over this 30 days of 30 minute workouts, I think I've only done one or two straight 30 minute rows at the same stroke rate and same pace. I've tried to break them all up into varying pace and stroke rates splits, but because the past two days have been right up there intensity wise, then this is the perfect session to just let your body regenerate, ready for the very last day of this series. I know I said I wasn't gonna call it out, but after this stroke, if you wanna do some power strokes, then go ahead. Big push from the legs. Remember, 
The power comes from your legs, okay? The majority of the power from your rowing stroke comes from pushing your legs into the machine while your hands are connected to the handle and you're in a forward tilt over your hips with straight arms. So those three things really need to happen in order for the power to flow into the machine. If you have bent arms at the front, as you push, then you're just fighting the power from your legs and you're robbing the opportunity to finish the stroke with a good powerful pull because you've already used up half of your arms but it also means that that power is going that the force is really going through your muscles and straining them and can lead to various potential injuries from shoulder strains to tennis elbow and even back issues whereas if you keep those arms straight and the forward lean as you push with your legs that power just surges through your body and I've kind of, to be honest, lost count of the amount of times people have said that they need to pull with their arms or they need to row at a high drag factor because they just can't get the feel for pushing with that forward lean and the fact is they then send a video and they're like this as they row leaning backwards and it's no wonder there's just no way to really get that hang off the handle in this position and get the power in from your entire body Whereas in this forwards position, I can push with my legs, the power flows through my body into my hands, and I can then add in the swing of my back over my hips, which adds in enough power that you want to do it, put it that way, and then everything leads in to a natural powerful finish with the handle into your chest 
but some people just don't quite get that position right and so they're the ones that especially at low drag factors they're the ones that struggle and say they can't get the power in so they have to have a higher drag anyway I got sidetracked I'm ranting thing is I talk about low drag factors and all this stuff as though it's all this is specific to a concept too but it's not the only thing that separates different rowing machines really is how far forwards you can get to the front of the machine so every time somebody posts a question about what's the best cheap machine to buy and then they maybe post a few examples of cheap machines they've seen the simple answer is the one that lets you get to the front with your shins in a vertical position arms straight out in front of you and that forward tilt over your back so concept 2 water rower RP3 and a few other rowing machines are all set up this way to allow me to come forwards with my arms straight and a forward lean and to slide far enough forwards on the machine that my shins are vertical remember I've already had my little rant about how they are the three kind of macro positions you're looking for I mean there's also quite a lot of other things like make sure your posture is up on your sit bones rather than rounded and back neutral chin relaxed arms and stuff but at the very core if you can find a machine that lets you get into this position shins vertical arms straight out in front of you forwards tilt over your hips then it just comes down to last ability price what the monitor display gives you what kind of 
resistance or weight you get out of the stroke. But the number one thing is to get into this position because it's so important. There are a few machines that have swiveling foot plates that as you come forwards to put your feet into that angle the entire foot plate moves regardless of anything else stay away from them because you'll never get a good push from them but really the reason I'm saying all this is that I don't want people to think that you can only do these roll along videos on a Concept 2 or a water roar you can do them on anything now, I've got no idea why I'm talking about this today must be said we're on day 29 this kind of nugget of information would have been much better given out in, you know like day one <laughs> but like I've said a few times I don't sit there and have a script about what I'm going to talk about before I start a row I just climb on board start rowing and <laughs> see what tumbles out of my mouth Maybe I'm just trying to think about inclusivity, making sure that anybody is comfortable to row these and that I'm not saying you have to use Concept 2s. I mean, listen, it works better on a Concept 2 because if nothing else, the pace guides I give you will be totally accurate because well maybe your machine is slightly different to your when you try and do a two kilometer time trial maybe your time is completely different maybe it comes out at like 10 minutes on whatever machine you're using because it works like a spin bike rather than using the setup of a Concept 2 which then means my 2K Plus could have you rowing a lot slower than you should be that's where the RPE thing comes from or comes in where if you can work out what your intensity should be for like a bottom tier should be 5 or 6 out of 10 like look, looking at it across the entire workout that you start 
at five out of 10. And that even if it increases towards the end to like a six or seven, you don't slow down. You continue at whatever pace you think is five out of 10. And then the mid-tier stuff, that's around about seven or eight out of 10. And the top tier stuff is a nine or 10 out of 10. But listen, all this pacing guide, no matter what, whether you're on a concept two or not, it does take a while to get used to what your body can maintain how to pace yourself and things and that's important when it comes to doing longer rows like 5k's or 10k's and things I mean I remember my first ventures into time trials I figured I could just strap in and row as hard as I could until I finished and that approach might work for like a 500 meter but the tail off especially across a 10 kilometer row the tail off from starting off at max speed and power ends, ends up quite large and then you can slow right down you tend to go a lot slower as you recover and then tend to speed back up to pretty much the pace you should have started off at so Maybe there's something in that. <laughs> Maybe you should start off a 10k at an eye-bulging sprint pace, <laughs> screaming up and down the machine. <laughs> so, Completely destroy yourself after about four minutes. And then you have to limp along for another three or four minutes and then you can pick up where you left off at a pace that you suddenly your body just falls into is a lot closer to what you should have started at you can tell it's getting to the end of this series I'm kind of all over the place chat wise now I'm not even talking technique anymore but again I figure we've been through 28 days together so far in this series and I think you've heard me talk 
technique quite a lot so I don't need to spend this whole half hour talking about just technique we have mentioned the most important macro elements of the stroke that forward lean with straight arms and shins vertical at the front but oh crikey I promised I'd talk about fluidity and rhythm from the start sorry <coughs> can I say from the start of 12 minutes <laughs> start of 12 minutes to go edit that in right let's talk about that then sorry guys guys and gals should have written that down so if you struggle with these low stroke rates there could be a few reasons why number one is that you're not getting that power from that position I keep talking about and the hang off the handle yeah I obviously started talking about this and got sidetracked so especially at low rates to get the power in you really do need to get this right with the arms straight and the push of the legs oh yeah because I was talking about people rowing at low drag factors and not able to do it anyway sorry so when you hold that forward lean as you push your feet into the machine and your hands connect to the handle the power should just surge up through your body into your straight arms so that effectively that power is pulling back on the handle but because you're leaning forwards and keeping your arms straight you're not actually pulling on the handle the force is just flowing into the handle so that you're hanging off it you don't actually pull until here at the back of the stroke so push pull push pull the difference is that you have a swing over your back in the middle of that so push swing pull push swing pull but as your back swings your legs are still pushing push swing pull and so that's how you at a low rate really surge that power in it's not a straight line 
of power. You don't show. It's like a. It basically is a curve. Concept twos have a screen called the force curve, and that's what this should feel like. Is that as you drive through the stroke, it goes a big curve that fades off at the back and that force at the front should really woof really quick up into that curve especially at these lower stroke rates and that's what kind of slows down the drive phase hang on, I'm going to do this the rest of this strapless it slows down the drive phase enough that you can think about these stroke rates as a 2 to 1 ratio of drive speed to recovery so if this was 20 strokes a minute rather than 18 the simple calculation would be one second drive two seconds recover but the truth is if you don't get that hang off the handle at the front rather than your stroke taking a second as you surge up through that curve you can just fly back in half a second and feel like you're not getting any power into the machine whatsoever especially at low stroke rates and low drag factor and so that's kind of how you are able to slow down the stroke because of that weighted powerful curve of a leg drive but then you also need a nice fluid rhythm to how your body moves and especially how you get into the recovery the recovery being this part as you put everything after when you pull the handle in and it starts well it starts by getting your legs down at the back of the stroke and finishing with the handle at roundabout sternum height and your elbows through your sides trying to keep your wrists flat as you pull through if possible and a good strong posture at the back okay you don't want your hips pointing 
to the back wall which causes your tailbone to tuck underneath you you want to be braced and powerful at the back of the stroke and then what happens is that as you finish the pull of the handle because you're finishing nice and powerfully there's a natural spring rebound of your arms sending them forwards again not the whole way it's really only about that far that they naturally bounce but all you have to do is continue the momentum that's already begun so your hands start to move out and because of your good posture as everything moves forwards from your arms it triggers that lean forwards of your body so that then all you have to do once your hands are past your knees is bend your knees and you'll roll towards the front of the machine again in the perfect position to start the next stroke now this can fall apart quite easily if your posture is poor at the back then chances are you're not getting the hands away and that tilt forwards or what can happen is that people row upright okay let's see if I can do it very rigid and it's very robotic and I just can't get any power in here because that swing over my back is gone and I have no real fluid momentum to take me forwards again it's like a dance you want the the pull in leads to the push out which leads to the tilt forwards which leads to the knees bending which needs leads to a compression at the front of the machine that winds you up like a spring which you then push out of to then finish and then recover it's all a dance you should always be moving you don't see me holding the back of the stroke and then rushing a recovery to the front it's all smooth but you also don't see me come to the back and then throw out the hands I see this a lot too with people that have obviously been told that it's important 
to get the hands past the knees. So for, oh, for love more money, <laughs> they're not gonna get that wrong. They're doing everything they can, but it destabilizes that rhythm, that flow to be able to row at low stroke rates. And all it is is a good drive and then a very fluid recovery. And you don't, I've talked, I'm talking rhythm. You don't need to be a drummer, a good dancer or whatever. You just let your body move between all the phases. There's two more strokes to go. I'm gonna continue for a couple of strokes. But what I'm gonna do is slow it right down. So drive and then hand away, tilt, knees. Drive. So it's still a powerful drive, but I'm slowing the recovery right down. And this is a great slow-mo exercise to take you through what you should be doing in the stroke. Powerful drive out from the front, hands rebound away using the natural bounce of your rib cage and your ligaments and then those arms away trigger that forward lean so that hands away forward lean then you bend your knees and when you're in this position your arms and your back are already in the perfect position you don't need to straighten your arms anymore you don't need to lean your back anymore so you're not coming forwards like this and then having to somehow straighten up again okay sorry here's me saying i'm not even talking technique and then i actually put a coda on the end that's all about technique <laughs> So wherever you were rowing your one, I hope it was warmer than where I've just done mine. I mean, I didn't even take off my, my icebreaker because it was just so cold. You can still see the, the breath coming off me. But anyway, right, um, let's get into the two minute cool down and I'll talk to you more when, uh, when we're going through this and then at the end, there's no point me having a big gap here. So hopefully you've had a drink and you've managed to wiggle your backside on the seat to make sure that you're nice and comfortable. We'll just do two minutes and run about 20 strokes a minute, pretty much the same pace you were just rowing at, to be honest, that five out of 10 intensity, and then just kind of ease off as we go through the two minutes so your body gets a chance to cool down, okay? So here we go then in three, two, one, Let's go. Oh. So yeah, I kept it on a really low end today. It's like today was meant to be, from a programming point of view, for the high rocks training that I've been doing. Um, it's meant to be a rest day. And so I thought, you know what, I can, I can either overdo it today by rowing quite hard or, or even rowing at that 2K plus 20 pace, to be honest. Or I can just really sit on the real slow end of pace. So I was down at like 2K plus 24 for most of it, which is like four out of 10 from an effort scale. But the whole point is, is that my cardio system will have really benefited, benefited from going that slow. And to be honest, slowing it right down and not worrying about pace and just thinking, right, let's lean forwards Let's hold, just regardless of pace, 
come in hold that position and drive with the legs don't fight trying to hold a certain number on the monitor can really help technique this is why sometimes it's a good idea just to cover your monitor cover the pace part leave the stroke rate and the time elapsed or time to go up but just don't worry about pace your ego can do quite a lot of damage in that when you see the numbers nowhere near what you want you start to do weird and wonderful things technique wise to try to get things a bit more comfortable for your eyesight or for your for your brain for your goals but trust me a good technique and a good cardio system you'll get there right last stroke for me in the cool down you of course don't have to stop the cool down just because I have you can continue or you can join me for some stretching if you don't have time though please at least stretch your uh, quads your hamstrings and possibly your glutes but not in the shower because yeah I don't want you to slip and fall over <laughs> or you can join Stretchy John and he'll take you through some stretching uh, if you have space like on a stretching mat or something or I will take you through the same stretches but if you don't have space and you have to kind of do it on the rowing machine so put your feet back in the straps but don't tighten them because you want to be able to flick your toes back against the straps which is the only time I tell you you can do that um, to create a nice angle between your feet and your legs get those legs straight put your hands in the air and then fold your upper body kind of down towards your legs but I say fold for a reason okay it's like folding a book that kind of just hinging forwards you're not rolling up a magazine <laughs> if you're going to continue this analogy um, you're not kind of just rolling yourself forward you're folding yourself forward so it is really just upper body comes down towards your legs and that will give you the stretch into the hamstrings that you're looking for okay so if you don't feel it if you put your legs underneath it it's like your legs your hands underneath and you don't feel your hamstrings feeling kind of like taut basically while you're stretching and you don't feel that zinging stretching sensation then look at the body angles that you've got make sure you're folding forwards make sure you don't have a bend in your knees and things all right let's move on to glutes so one leg up on the rail bring your other foot over so that the heel is in the crook of your knee and then bring that the knee for that foot up so kind of pull it across your body so it's in line with your face your knee and your foot um, hold it in place with your other arm and if you want to hold on to the back of the machine for some stability you can then rotate round doesn't take much you can see when I do it it's only really like a quarter turn almost um, but as long as you're holding this knee in that line between face knee foot then you should really get that stretch into the into your glutes and I can really kind of feel it uh, right in there I mean what was I doing uh, yesterday or is it wall balls was the big one yesterday I did 100 wall balls which doesn't sound well obviously 100 does sound like a lot but you think oh it's just like 100 like squats or whatever but trust me see when you're trying to thrust an eight kilogram ball up like almost three meters in the air or 10 feet in the air isn't it um crikey it takes it out of you let's change legs and so uh yeah and because the the technique requirement for this in the high rocks training is that you have to get your uh your legs must be passed parallel to the ground so your squat has to be really deep uh it really does get you right right in the glutes but it's good because yeah well 
The way I see it is this, the fact that I, I, I feel this kind of tension, this use in the muscles, means that I'm working, in them, working them in a way that I haven't obviously been working them previously through all the rowing and everything else I do. So um, I think it's kind of that's the, the genesis of the no pain, no gain thinking is that if you don't feel it, then you're obviously not working it. Obviously no pain, no gain is rubbish, but uh, um, there is something quite nice about doing like a chest workout the next day, feeling that kind of soreness from it, from going, oh, you know what? So, right, let's move on to quads. So uh, put one hand on the monitor if you wish for stability, flick your opposite foot up, and then um, the hold it so that your heel is touching your backside and then like like I've said many 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 times doing this um, <laughs> for start stop falling over John that's what I keep on saying but also um, hold on to like the upper part of your foot the bridge of your foot rather than your toes or even like uh, lower down towards your toes because the further towards your toes you hold it the more you're going to be stretching the tendons coming off your toes and uh, you can actually end up kind of overstretching them and doing damage in this stretch instead of actually uh, stretching your quad properly. Well, you see that I styled that one out, didn't I? I was almost, I was almost completely on the floor over there when I started. That was a really weird angle to start that one off at. But yes, yeah, just in case uh, podcast people, I just swapped legs. That's what that hilarity ensued was about. Um, but yeah, remember, just put on enough of a pull with a good posture uh, so that you feel it in your quad. Okay, if you're leaning forwards, you tend to kind of lose it. If you're leaning backwards, it can tend to end up a little bit higher up into your hip flexor rather than down there in the quad. Okay, it's a good thing I don't film this on uh, a blue screen, isn't it? I film on a green screen. If I was a blue screen, all you'd see is like shins, hands, and face. <laughs> right, so here we go. We're doing hip flexors next. So one knee on the ground for the foot that's the point at the back, then put your toes on the ground, ground, ground heel up in the air. And then for the front leg, have the foot in front of you, the knee above it. You should have 90 degree angles on both legs. And then with a good posture, push that hip forwards for the one that's on the ground, that has the knee on the ground. It's not quite worked out the script, if you get what I mean. The, the kind of, you know how, um, like in the warm up, I've started to kind of basically, or um, not the warm up, the, the setting up the machine. I'm pretty much saying the same thing each time about head straight for the drag factor. If you don't know where it wants to be, all that stuff. I, I do tend to go through the motions on the things that I do all the time of kind of just going through the same kind of thing. But I kind of I don't tend to kind of get it right for when I'm setting up the, the hip flexors for how to describe how your heels should be and all that stuff. So. Maybe I'll get it eventually. Let's swap legs. So again, good posture, and then push that hip forward. You'll feel your body sinking down a, a little bit, and feel free to kind of just, it's, it's not experiment, because that makes it sound like you're, you're, you don't know what you're doing, but just ease yourself a little bit lower if you don't think you've got that good stretch, or just kind of readdress your, your posture, and be like, let's think, right, is my core tight? Um, is that kind of taking the stretch away if you're kind of, you're not like, you're not getting ready to be punched in the gut or anything. You just want to make sure that you're nicely, uh, have a nice posture. You're not like, mm. okay. And that should help. All those little, little things will help give you the good stretch that you want. Oh, right. Let's move on to forearms and wrists next. So put your hands together in front of your face and push them together. And then as you're pushing, bring them down in front of your body in front of your chest okay so my thumbs are now in line with my uh, heart rate um, sensor which is kind of pretty much the lower sternum so that's kind of round right about how far bright how how far down you're bringing them you want your forearms and wrists to be parallel to the floor and you want your fingers to be at right angles to your forearms and wrists and as long as you're still putting in a little bit of a push here 
that should give you a nice stretch. Like I'm really getting a nice one uh, in my wrists right now. Sometimes it changes. Sometimes it's the forearm to get it. Sometimes it's the wrist to get it. And it's usually for me a good indicator for what what I've been working on, uh, what muscle groups have last been hit and things. And so I was doing farmer's carries as well as those wall balls yesterday when I'm kind of walking with two 24 kilogram kettlebells. And that really does get you right, right in here in the wrist. Right, let's move on to shoulders next. So hand out straight in front of you, bring it right across your body, use your other arm, loop it over to then help that kind of, just give it a little bit of a, a force. I don't want to say a pull or a push or whatever, but just a little bit of force to give you a stretch right here in the, the, your delt right up on your shoulder because um, again especially on a row like today you know 18 strokes a minute at 2k plus 20 you think you're rowing slow it is like a 4 or 5 out of 10 effort however because the flywheel slows right down at 18 strokes a minute that actually the the force the feel the weight of the stroke is is quite considerable if you compare the weight of a stroke at like 18 strokes a minute at that pace versus like 30 strokes a minute up at 2k pace the weight of the stroke isn't actually that hard up at two case because you're really powering into it. It feels technically a lot lighter, but that's because you're putting so much force in and at such a high stroke rate. So it's a really weird, especially this is why concept twos are the machine, okay? Because the, this relationship between the two, if you look at, um, certainly for water rowers, this is the, the best um, kind of comparison that I can really give you is that for water rowers, when you take that stroke rate lower because of the, the physics and mechanics of water, actually it, it feels a lot tougher down at low stroke rates uh, than it does at the higher ones. It's not, uh, it doesn't have the same kind of relationship that a concept two with the, the flywheel, the air resistance um, or air, yeah, air resistance that it has that then translates to the, your pace. The water rowers will kind of work a little bit different. So that's why for if you're on a water rower for these low rate things, you're you're better to use your um, an effort out of 10, a kind of like an intensity and RPE side of it than pace until you get used to how the machine works and you, you get used to yourself on it, okay? Uh, what's next? Uh, biceps. So put your hands behind your back as though you're flying in a Red Bull suit or as though you're a, a ski jumper, but rotate your thumbs outwards, okay? I have to stop saying okay. Oh, I keep on catching myself. It's turned into like a nervous, uh, nervous twitch where I say something and I go, blah, 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 okay, blah, 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 okay. I'm like Joe Pesci from Lethal Weapon. Okay, 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 okay. No, Lethal Weapon 2. Remember when Lethal Weapon series was a big thing? And that was a, that was like, the, the, it could do no wrong, or basically that was the days when Mel Gibson could do no wrong. That changed, didn't it? Um, yeah. Still, they were good films, but. Uh, yeah, I've not watched any of them for years. Wonder how exactly how dated they'd be if you kind of went back and watched one of them. Things like Die Hard. Now let's uh, do triceps. I'll go into Die Hard rant in a minute. Um, so hand up in the air, put it down your back so it's touching your spine. Your elbow will be pointing slightly up, but use your other arm to help it so that it points pretty much straight up to the sky. Okay, and that should give you the stretch into your tricep you're looking for. Um, but all the Die Hard films, they stand up still. Or at least, sorry, well the first three do. Um, how you feel. I quite like the fourth one, to be honest, is his first kind of comeback. The one after that, not so much. So it was a little bit kind of had jumped the shark slightly, but I quite like the one, the kind of the digital tech one with the guy, um, he played Mac in the adverts, didn't he? But yeah, like the first Die Hard still absolutely stands up. The only thing that dates that is the computer screens. The fact it's the old CRTs and things. As a film, it's still just as good, just as um, fantastic. And I still maintain, yes, it's a Christmas film. Um, in fact, it's one of the trifecta of films that I 
watch every year for Christmas. Let's change arms. Uh, we watch Elf while we're putting up the Christmas tree. Of course, you have to watch Elf at Christmas. Um, at one point, we'll squeeze in Die Hard. There's no real um, uh, kind of timetable for that. And I try on Christmas Eve while we're just kind of um, sitting, having drinks with friends or whatever, or even if it's just me and Julie at home alone. Um, no, we don't watch Home Alone. Uh -huh. Although we might at one point. But um, Trading Places is the other one. That's the three Christmas films that I try to watch every year as a kind of a, or have on in the background, just as a kind of a, a tradition, a thing. You, I mean, you can tell, let's be done with stretching. You can tell with my, the fact that I eat spaghetti bolognese every Friday night, <laughs> uh, that I'm a, a man who likes a tradition. So um, yeah, I like watching uh, Trading Places, Die Hard and Elf is my kind of, that's how I know it's Christmas. <sighs> yeah, um, and yeah, they're all good films. Um, uh, but again, Trading Places, it's still a good film, but it, it, it's very dated in terms of some of the language and things that happen in it. Nowadays, crikey, some of the things they say in that film, you could not get away with nowadays. <sighs> anyway, it seems to be, I've had a little trip down the movie memory lane, haven't I, between those three films and talking about Lethal Weapon and stuff. But hey, you know what? We're on day 29. You've put up with me for 28 of these so far. What's two more of my ranty nonsense? So, uh, <laughs> what can that be today's hashtag? Ranty nonsense. Why not? Uh, I've got Motivating Waffle. I might as well have a t-shirt that says Ranty Nonsense on it as well. I'll get one of them made for Christmas. Um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming along with this on this ride with me for the past 29 days. Um, uh, we've got one more to go for the 30 days of 30-minute workouts. I hope if you've done the 29 so far that you'll at least hang around for one more. If this is your first then um, you can just do one more or you can go right back to the beginning or you can just pick a few. You can do whatever you want. I mean, it's up to you. It's your choice. Uh, and yeah, so we've got one more to go. I will see you in that one or one of my other videos here, hopefully. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Be well. Bye-bye.